0: Hey guys and welcome to the first ever Tap and Go podcast where we talk all things rugby with players, coaches and pundits from across the world. My name is Matt and with me is Freddie. Hi guys. And today we have a world-class fly half, a real superstar, Lima Sopoanga. How are you doing, mate?
2: Yeah, I'm all good, boys. Thanks for having me on tonight.
0: No, thank you very much for giving up your time and joining our podcast. So I guess with the whole quarantine situation going on, and the, how, how are you keeping fit? How, how are you trying to maintain fitness?
2: uh the, the clubs obviously given us um a few uh work ons and and things to kind of uh do but um my partner and I kind of took up road running for the first month so it was a, it was a race to 100 k's. um she actually ran two half marathons in the first weekend um yeah she won um three months. <laughs> you know, so I kind of she she got there in nine runs and I kind of um You know got there and i think 10 or 11 but you know it was pretty impressive to see her um, run two half marathons in a week so you know by um she's she deserves to win that one and then uh so taking doing a bit of road running is bloody hard probably something that i've um, always hated but for some weird reason i i started to enjoy it and um and really have some fun with it, which has been pretty cool. Uh, I ran my own half marathon and, um, yeah, just chipping away. Got a walk bike at home. Got a few weights that I throw around. I think the neighbors are getting annoyed because it's, I just dump them on the concrete and yeah. it's just like loud bashing and crashing and um, and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I've, I've been uh, lucky and, and able to stay relatively fit and, and healthy.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Great. So, obviously, looking as a Wasp player, you haven't played in, what, three months now?
2: Yeah, about three um, months, bro.
1: Have you guys had any insight into when the season's going to restart? Whether we'll, they're going to finish season or will be declared null and void? Uh,
2: I have no idea. Eh? To be honest, I, it's up to them, really. Like, we're just sitting here twiddling our thumbs waiting for a, for a call to say that we can go back. But, um, you know, like I was saying before, I, I think once the football comes back and you know, those guys are running around and uh, pretending to be injured and scoring goals, then uh, then hopefully we're allowed to be up there uh, smacking
0: into each other. Yeah, because the, uh, the uh, Super Rugby is about to start, what, well, the, the new updated version starting about a month or a few weeks time, aren't they? So I guess yeah. New Zealand, I've new Zealand said, they're sort of doing an internal competition with 10 weeks. What was it like playing with those derbies in New Zealand and sort of smashing about with the other New Zealand teams compared to playing sort of, Australian or South African teams? bro, they're so hard,
2: eh? Because, like, we know each other, um, you know, know each other in and out. It's so physical, you know, those games. Yeah. Are almost like test matches. Yeah. You know, like, uh, All Blacks jerseys are sometimes up for grabs. Um, you know, and, and to win Super Rugby, you know, if you do well in, your, in the New Zealand Conference, then you're more likely to get a sort of easier run in the, in the finals because you don't have to travel and you get home kind of court advantage. So yeah, sure. those derbies just, just hold a little bit extra and, and they're always very, very fast, very physical. Um, but they are very enjoyable if you win. Yeah. But um, <laughs> on the flip side, you know, sometimes it's just a 50-50. It's a, it's a um, knock on here or a penalty there. And, you know, games are separated sort of by the thinnest of margins. So... Yeah, yeah I, I really
1: enjoy them. This new tournament made be quite a spectacle then. surely yeah. new Zealand teams playing. Yeah,
2: yeah it's going to be fucking <laughs> exciting. Eh? I can't wait. It's going to be unreal.
1: Yeah. Right, so I think we're going to move straight on to might be a bit of a not job topic for you, but your 2013 season. And for <laughs> our listeners who don't know, the Highlanders' 2013 season did not go to plan. You were 0-9 after your first nine games. So as a team, how did you cope with that? And how did you go about trying to bounce back from those first nine defeats?
2: To be honest i you know I don't think as a club we ever really did bounce back after those those nine defeats. It was kind of just like you know like let's just like the season was done, it was over. I wouldn't say we gave up, but you know yeah. there's nothing left to play for. you're playing for a wooden spoon like every every rugby player wants to um head to the playoffs and 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 do their very best to try and um to try and win but. At the end of the day that that didn 't quite eventuate for us, and you know for a number of reasons why it didn 't work out and um, yeah we 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 ended up being absolute you know dog shit that year and yeah, sure. and that 's just the way it is um, sometimes and I think what I learned from that is um, you know you can have the perfect plans and you can have you know the perfect preseason, but sometimes um, things just don 't quite click on the field and and you don't quite gel, and when the rot sets in, it really sets in, you know, like you lose one on the bounce, you lose two, three, four, you start to lose four on the bounce and, you know, your confidence wavers and, you know, the, it just seems to all cave in. The harder you try, the the worse you get, and I think that's what happened as, as we started to lose, sort of like after our fourth game, fifth game, we were more worried about um, not losing rather than going out to win a game.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I remember reading an article that was saying that you were almost half considering or like thinking about going to Japan after that season, perhaps. And I remember reading that, um, I guess, Nasi Manu had a, almost a role in sort of keeping you in um, Dunedin. What was Nasi Manu? Because obviously he's a legend. What, and like, what was he like playing with him in, in training? Like, I'm sure everyone looked up to him and everything.
2: Yeah, it was... It, like, Nasi. for me is probably one of my favourite players. Probably, probably a player that I, I believe... Um, should have worn the black jersey but yeah. didn't, that didn't quite eventuate um, for his journey but he's, he's, he's very special, very special player and uh, for me personally, he was just, he was kind of like a big brother. Uh, yeah. I went down to Dunedin and I was only 18 at the time and he kind of yeah. just took all the new guys under his wing and showed us a good time sort yeah. of on the field but but even more so off the field and, and sort of made sure that we were okay and looked after us and I think his, his biggest attribute is just his relationships w- with people and the way that, that he can um, build those relationships and people tend to warm to him. So yeah. I think when it came to my decision and, and talking to various people, he was one of them that I, I really respected his, his opinion. And, um, you know, I think maybe if I didn't have that conversation with him, you know, I probably don't, I probably really, um, don't get to wear the black jersey. So,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy how things work.
0: He's got a real crazy story too, which is quite sort of quite admirable. Yeah.
2: Yeah, bro, he does. You know, like beating cancer. He's uh, like every every rugby final, like grand final that he's ever played in, he's won. Yeah. He's never lost a grand final in his whole that's entire life. That's really impressive. Um, right, right from schoolboy level. So he might have lost trying to get to a final, but every time he's got to yeah. the to the big dance he's, he's always won so he's kind of like a lucky charm
0: yeah he's a real winner
2: <laughs> real
1: winner All Right, so we're going to move on to the 2015 season probably a slightly better topic so obviously yeah. winning Super Rugby and you yourself were crowned player of the year in 2015 it was a massive moment for you so what do you think the biggest change that occurred between 2013 and 2015 was which enabled the success both as a team also for you personally
2: uh, I think it was a few things I think First and foremost, uh, the acquisition of Tony Brown and the growth of Jamie Joseph. So yeah. I think, it, you know, Jamie Joseph, I think he said it before on himself um, and, and a few other podcasts and things like that, that after 2013, he also had to learn and grow and, and, and find a better way of coaching us. And I guess for him, you know, we were his guinea pigs. He brought sort of me and Aaron Smith and Sean Treby and Toulouse Yanu and a whole bunch of young guys who sort of were nobodies. And, you know, he, he had to kind of um, guide us into the, into the team that we became in 2015. But I don't think he does that without the acquisition of Tony Brown. And I think what Tony Brown brought was was a bit of new school. You know, Jamie Joseph was very much old school. Um, he came up in the Laurie Mainz era, you know, very hard. Uh, demanded a lot of his players, demanded a lot of everybody around but um, I think he just needed those finishing touches and that's where Tony Brown came mm-hmm. in and he just brought so much energy and and so much, um, so much excitement to our game plan and so much variety and I think with the players that we had at the time in 2014, um, you know, that really, really brought us together and, you know, even though we didn't make the grand final that year, we we made the playoffs for the first time in twelve years and I think on the back of that twenty four fourteen season with Jamie and Tony Brown, um, it kind of filtered on into twenty fifteen and and we kind of just carried that momentum and and I guess for for everybody we we kinda of snuck under the radar a little bit and and we ended up winning. But I think it yeah. was down to sort of great coaching, uh great culture. I think culture is a very, very um Big thing down there, and something that can be massively underrated—not uh, only in footy teams, but but in business as well. So, yeah. I, I think that was uh, sort of everything. Um, I passed together, level, did, you,
1: did you feel there's anything different in your game, or was it just ever evolving, ever improving?
2: Yeah, I think uh, my time with Tony Brown was, was pretty special, and I think he was the catalyst for me growing my game. Yeah. He kind of just. Took my game apart and and broke it down and and, and made it better and and yeah. kind of just directed me in what he thought was gonna make a great yeah. ten and you know at this time in 2013 I'm I'm still a young kid you know I'm 22 23 years old and or whatever it is and um, you know I, I think I know I think I know it all but. Um, you know, it's just great to have another set of eyes tell you something different, and for someone who's so well respected in that part of the world, you know, you, you tend to listen to to people like that. And he just gave me so much advice, and and just made sure that um that I was okay, and 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 kind of made sure that um, I was doing the right things, and it, it really helped my game.
0: Yeah, for sure, because they did, they did wonderful in on um, the recent World Cup with Japan, didn't they? Like yeah, and it doesn't surprise me, seven. you know, like I really, yeah. It really doesn't that's...
2: surprise me how, how good they were in the World Cup because yeah, um, those two men are probably, um, you know, my favourite coaches.
0: Oh, really? Okay. So I guess on that topic it is Tony Brown and sort of bringing sort of new fun ideas. Uh, um, so I just want to quickly talk about that kick. So the one against the Hurricanes off the line-out where you turn around, chip it over your head. So <laughs> is that all, uh, was that all planned or is that sort of off the cuff, off of a bit of Lima magic or...?
2: Honestly, that was a set move. So on Monday mornings, we'd come in and we'd have these attack meetings. Yeah. And um, he reckoned like, they he showed us all these clips of the Hurricanes line speeders very quick they're up in your face. And we had That's done right. a few chip kick um, plays um, during the year and he reckoned that he stood up off his chair. He's like, what do you reckon if you went to the line, you turned around and you just booted it over your head?
0: Yeah.
2: I was like, are you serious? It's like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I reckon it will work. And I was like, fuck, all right. Uh, yeah, sweet, let's give it a crack. Because he's that kind of coach, you know, he just gives you so much confidence that you're like, fuck, I'll just try anything. I'll, yeah. You know, like, he's just like, yeah, you got, you got the skills to do it. Like, you can do it. And you're just like, oh, yeah, sweet, I can do it. So I was just like, okay, so then we go to training that afternoon and the kicks are, like, hitting me in the head. They're going left, they're going right. Like, honestly, it's a complete, like, fiasco. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know if this is gonna work. And all week we would do it, and all week it didn't come off once. And then um, I remember being in the game and we were actually meant to do a box kick off that lineup, and then um Waisake Naholo, he goes to me, bro, do the backwards kick. And I was like, You reckon? He's like, Yeah, just do it, and I was like, Oh yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Sweet. I just called to called to Aaron Smith, called to I said. I just said to him, cancel. And he just looked at me like with these look in his with this look in his eyes, he's like, Holy shit, this guy's really gonna do it. And I just I I was just like, Yeah, just pass me the ball here. And he just put it on the money and I just turned around and just, you know, hope for the best. It
0: was almost trial of the decade. (laughs) Yeah. So close.
2: I'm actually lucky Brad Shields didn't put my fucking ribs out because he easily could have.
0: If you watch the highlights, you can see him just like sprinting towards you and He's got those eyes. <laughs> yeah,
2: a
1: bit yeah. of a stare after it as well.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's like, where's the ball gone?
0: <laughs> so yes. you, went,
1: you mentioned Aaron Smith there. So how big a role did he play? So obviously 9-10, big relationship. How big a role, uh, how good was your relationship that season? must have been pretty strong.
2: Yeah, I guess over time, um, we really started to build a really good relationship. Obviously, when we first got down there, we were just young kids. and uh, He's obviously a little bit older, but... Um, yeah we we just kind of try to figure it out he you know he made the all very early so um he had a lot of pressure on him uh sort of you know 2012 2013 2014 but i think just the way he was around the team uh his competitiveness you know his the way he just got stuck into people you know like it's it was very you know like if you weren't if you weren't mentally strong enough like he probably wasn't for you because He's yelling and screaming and demanding, yeah. you know, a lot from everybody. But he demands a lot from himself as well. So, yeah, I guess me and him started to have a really good relationship in 2014. And then it just kind of, as the years rolled on, 15, 16, 17, whatever, you know, we kind of knew what each other needed, like if he was blowing a fuse and going crazy on the field, which he, you know, often sometimes would, I kind of go up to him and just squeeze his shoulder. And he'd be like, "Oh fuck you know i'm I'm being an idiot here, you know I need to call you know call my jets, but I wouldn't say anything you know like but i- I guess that's just with time and and with um you know with getting to know somebody and know what they like and know what they don't like and yeah, I guess it's just time together that we were able to spend and and understand how each other operated and I knew how he worked, he knew how I worked, you know, we, we sort of knew how each other's routines and we yeah. were going to be on the field and, you know, it was it a was, it was pretty official partnership yeah, sure. um, now that I think about it.
0: So, yeah, so I guess all that Super Rugby success brought you your first cap for mm-hmm. the All Blacks against uh, South Africa. How, what was it like game? like your first call? I assume from Steve Hansen saying, so you're in the All Blacks and... Yeah, so...
2: Yeah, it's actually pretty crazy because um, we had played the cheat in the quarterfinal at home and it was packed out. Like, the zoo was going berserk. The zoo's nuts. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, it's honestly, like, my favourite place to play. Like, obviously, yeah. that's a little bit biased. But, like, you got the zoo there. Like, the tickets are dirt cheap. The, the students are just, you know, drunk off their tits going berserk. Like, there's a DJ in there playing music. Um, and they're just going crazy, you know, like Mm. they're enjoying themselves, they're they're yelling, they're screaming, they're dancing, they're drinking, they're doing whatever. And uh, I guess before, um, you know, I found out we had played the Chiefs in the quarterfinal, we won that game, and then I knew that the team was getting named on the Sunday um, on TV. So I was just kind of like clock watching. I went out for dinner with my, uh, I went out for lunch with my cousins there. I just couldn't watch, couldn't. Uh, watched the announcement I would heard yeah. my name getting floated around saying that I was going to make it and I was just like oh you know just whatever I was kind of hoping but kind of not like too yeah. sure if I was going to make it because at the time you know there's some class players playing and I was just like oh fuck whatever and then I actually didn't listen to the announcement I just switched my phone off and then I was, I looked at the clock as we were driving back to my house after after our lunch and I knew the team had been and had been named. And then my, I switched my phone off and I have a group chat with, with a few boys from back home and yeah, switch that on. And the boys are just like yelling and chahooing and like sending messages. And I'm just like, oh, fuck, I made it. I can't believe it, you know, like.
0: Yeah, that's, that's
2: Yeah, it, it was tr- like special. It was just like a... You know, a dream come true. And mm. sounds so cliche, but it really was. As a kid, that's all I ever thought about. And to get that call that I was in, and, you know, I, I just remember having tears in my eyes uh, with yeah. my cousin and my few my flatmates, and I just been like, "Fuck! I can't believe I did this." You know, like I made it. Um, yeah, yeah it was it was a yeah. surreal surreal moment.
0: And your first test was pretty hard with the hostile crowds and everything in South Africa. It was quite important, and you got your uh, important kicks in at the end. So. I guess that's what matters.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty pretty crazy experience going out of South Africa and and being in um Joburg playing yeah. um playing at Ellis Park and it was just crazy. You know, it was like it just flew by and um like sure. it felt like I was out there for one minute and that yeah. was it. Like the game, I blinked and the game was over and I was just like, "Fuck, where would yeah. this game go?" But yeah, it was, it was a cool time of my life
1: yeah okay so we're gonna move into your 2017 season and so obviously you're part of a very successful but also very young all-blacks team yeah. so i mean you won all six of your games in rugby championship you thrashed this year's world cup winners 57-0
2: mm-hmm.
1: what was it like being part of such a team so young
2: yeah it was it was, it was real fun you know i like, had all all the boys uh, there you know very close of because of arty and tj and and Rico and Antonina Brown and Molokai was still there. So we were just all jamming, having fun and, and it was just it was just cool, man. You know, obviously the Lions came and we would have desperately have loved to have won that, but we drew it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't lucky enough to to play in that series. Uh, you know, they had uh, Bodie and, and Cruden playing, uh two quality quality five eight. So, you know, that's just the luck of the draw sometimes. But I really enjoyed my time uh, when the Lions came, it was It was awesome, you know, the way that, um, you know, the English, the Scottish, the Irish and the Welsh all support, you know, that the Lions is just awesome. They're all singing songs and having good banter and they bring, they bring a lot of um, good vibes to the tour and yeah, just really enjoyed it and and had some fun along the way and and got, got to meet some cool people. So I really, I really loved 2017. Yeah. What
0: a year. Yeah. Well, I'm, I guess the sort of the highs of 2017, I guess, sorry, moving back a bit, sort of a bit contrasted to just missing out on the World Cup in 2015. What was it like in just sort of, just sort of literally scraping and missing out?
2: Yeah, it was honestly like, when I look back now, it's just like, oh, like, it's all good. Like, you know, it's true what they say is time heals all wounds. And yeah. at the time, I actually thought, fuck, my life's over. Like, this is, like I'm so shit. I, I'm so disappointed. Yeah. You know, like, I'm a shit rugby player, blah, blah, blah. All these kind of things. And, you know, when I look, when I think about it, you know, I was only 24 years old and um, it it was just, at the time, you know, rugby was be all and end all. and Mm. To to miss out, you know, like, now I I don't really care. Like, it is what it is. You know, like, you know, no one's really going to remember whether or not you went to a World Cup or not. Um, you know when it 's all sure. said and done and and I would have loved to have gone to one and experienced it, but you know that that just wasn 't meant to be for me and yeah. and i 'm okay with that um i 'm okay with uh, not not having getting that experience, but um uh, yeah.
0: maybe yeah, it's,
2: it, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe right. who knows but um yeah it 's just one of those things that happens in life, you know sometimes you have a few setbacks and it's just how you deal with them, and uh, and you know probably having this time and lockdown to reflect on a few things. I, I don't know if I ever really dealt with it properly. Um, I probably used a, a few ev- different avenues to kind of you know as a as a way to escape from what I uh, what I was going through. And if I look back and actually um, have a good look at myself, I probably say that you know I was probably a little bit depressed through you know two after that and and two sixteen and two seventeen just by some of my behaviours and, and, and what I was going through. And, mm. um, you know, I, I don't think I ever really, truly dealt with it and moved on um, during those kind of, during those years. But, you know, a, as time and as years have rolled on, you kind of learn to um, accept what it, has what been and, and take those learnings. And I definitely know there were a few learnings um, that I would have done uh, better and a few things that I would have... Um, made sure I did after that uh, disappointment.
1: Mm. Yeah. Sure. Um, So we're going to move on again. So obviously most recently one of your bigger decisions a couple of years ago was to move abroad. Um, So when you decided to move to Was, what was the thinking behind that? What was the thing that pushed you to to move again?
2: Yeah, I guess uh, it was a number of things. um, You know, after seeing the world with the All Blacks, one of those things was to travel the world, like – I'm massive on it. I would love to just go everywhere and anywhere and just experience different cultures. And I think sort of my, before lockdown, um, I think me and my family have been able to go to like 13 different countries. So that's, you know, like we've made the most of it. Probably something we wouldn't have been able to do still living in New Zealand. That was probably one of the things that I wanted to do was travel the world, see the world. And then it just came back down to what I thought was going to be um, important and how I saw myself fitting into that All Blacks environment and um, hitting, you know, hitting into twenty nineteen. There, there is no guarantees. You know, I might not have made that squad. Uh, and when you go to a World Cup, you can only take thirty one. And you know, sometimes, um, you know, you don't take three specialist tens. You know, you might only take two. And you know, someone like Damian McKenzie who, who can. Um, Cover both, or you know, Geordie Barrett, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, just, I kind of had to just weigh up my options whether um, you know I, I believed that I was going to go. And it, at the end of the day, it wasn't really in my control, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, I could have been playing the best rugby in the whole world, you know, being you know, Super Rugby Player of the Year or whatever, but you know, I still might have missed out. I still might have missed out whether that was through selection and just because. You know, I'm out and out ten at the time, and or or because of injury. You know, like someone like Damien McKenzie missed out because he did his ACL. Yeah, it's a real so, shame. Yeah, so you can't really ever say you know you're going to go to a World Cup unless you're you know who fucking Kieran Reed. You know, mm. like you know he's going to a World Cup. You know, yeah. he don't even have to wait for the call. Um, but yeah, it, it's it was just a whole a whole bunch of decisions like that, and and you know obviously was um was a was a great club, you know, a club that's built on a lot of history, and um, you know, our new Brad shields was coming here, and I just thought, you know what, it's time to go and check out this big bad world, and and mm. play rugby abroad, and, and and try something different, because you know, for a lot of people, they don't um, they don't get to experience the other side of the world, yeah. was you know, it just no?
1: England. That- was it just England, just WAS where you had office from or did you have other considerations where you thought maybe I'd fit in there or
2: Yeah, it was France and there was Japan and but also, you know, like um the premiership's a pretty tough competition and I just thought, you know what, why not just go test myself over there and but if I hadn't known it was this fucking cold here, I probably wouldn't have come <laughs> eh?
0: Yeah. <it's> cool. <laughs> you got a couple of yeah. New Zealand boys coming up too, don't you? To WAS. It's almost like almost becoming like second room. yeah yeah, we've
2: got a few few good Kiwis so it's it's good fun
0: yeah for sure so yeah so so what would you say is the biggest difference between a super rugby and sort of the uh, premiership
2: I think um, I would say the the physicality here yeah Um, they're very set piece um, orientated as well very good set piece very good scrum very good mall you know play the corners very well very good goal kickers. Um, and then Super Rugby, is just faster, bro. Yeah. You know, like, um, we're playing sort of just before winter hits and so the grounds are good. You know, you're playing in sort of world-class stadiums. Um, you're not playing in the middle of winter. And so, sort of, I, I think the weather dictates the game here as well. So, you've got mm. really big physical men. Um, but in, in Super Rugby, you kind of have to be a bit of both. You know, you kind of you, yeah. you have to be able to do it all. You can't just scrum, can't just be good at like running the ball. You've got to be able to do everything. So I think, you know, the skill level and the pace and super, and then the physicality and um and the and the set piece dominance here is, is probably the two main differences that I think.
0: Yeah, sure. Do you enjoy I, playing one more than the other, or? I think, like your style of play. Uh,
2: yeah I I, I, fi- I find the winter's really hard here but that's because um you know who wants to play in yeah. freaking 2 degree weather and the and the slough you know down in bath you know what I mean like yeah, it's just a mud it's just mud there um, nice yeah <laughs> you know what I mean so um yeah I I, I wouldn't say I, I like one more than the other, but I just think they're both totally different styles and mm. um yeah, I guess you gotta experience it for yourself. Uh either way. So it's cool to see guys like is it uh is it Joe Marchant? He, yeah. He's down yeah. um he's down to the flu. So
0: yeah.
2: yeah, I'd really like to have a yarn with him and see what his daughter, you yeah. know, he might be like, fuck, New Zealand rugby shit. You know, you know what I mean? Like he might be like, yeah. nah, this is weird. You know, yeah, it's and all isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, I guess I've been able to come and test it out for mm. myself, and you know, see with my own eyes, and um, and, and see how the
0: game is played. Yeah, I think it'll be yeah. quite cool. Just to see a bit more of that. It's like some New Zealand boys going to England and vice versa. Yeah, I think it'll be quite cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: look at the England team right now. All of them are playing Premiership or yeah. Not many of them are coming back, back are they, sir? So.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, like I think I, I got to play with James Haskell down in Dunedin, so, you know, he's he's probably one of the only ones that I, I've known in my time who's who, who's kind of decided to go the other way, you know, from yeah. the north to the south and, and experience it. And, you know, he had really good things to say. Um, yeah, you know, sure. if you ask him, he, he might say this about New Zealand and this about the UK, and then he might be like, oh, actually, I prefer UK. You know what I mean? It's just... It's mm. subjective. Depends on what you're yeah.
1: into. Ask was enough to, he'll say he likes anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, Salima, one thing which we're going to do every podcast, we're going to ask whoever we're speaking to their favourite moment in their career. So I want your number one, something you'd never trade for the world. What would it be?
2: Oh, I've got two, but if I had to pick one, so you can only pick one, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'd probably have to say the 215 in Dunedin.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah yeah I, Quite special. I mean venture, in Wellington yeah out of interest what was the
2: other? my um, uh, All Blacks debut yeah, yeah. Uh, so probably. if I had to pick one I'd I'd pick the 215 championship just because like I'd spent so much time with guys in that team and you mm. know we were, when we got there we were dog shit We're yeah. you know like we were like the poorest club Like had no changing rooms like no nothing no money like the club was like proper dog shit, uh, like wooden spooners, uh, you know we kind of looked good for two years and then two thousand and thirteen we went bust two thousand and fourteen we we killed it, made the playoffs first time in twelve years, and then two thousand and fifteen um, we ended up winning it, you know so it was you know like yeah. that 's five years of 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 grinding of 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 coming into a season doing a pre season thinking, yeah, this is the year, this is the year, we're going to do something special, never doing it. And then in the fifth year, you know, like...
0: Yeah, sure. 2016, you made the semis too, didn't you? So still quite dominant.
2: Yeah, we made the semis and we had to play away in in Africa and we lost and, yeah, it was a bit disappointing, but would have loved to have gone back to back. But,
1: yeah, I think it was just one trip too far.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Well, I think... This has been amazing, Lima. We've got to we both both of us. Thank you so much. It's been yeah, so been very much really been interesting. Insane. Obviously, our first podcast. Very privileged to have someone as high caliber as you. Thank you for giving up your time. We hope, obviously, best wishes for your health, your family through this, this very strange period, obviously. Yeah. Um, and more generally, so this is, we're going to bring to close our first ever podcast. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. A massive thank you to you all for tuning in. We hope we see you again next week. Remember to check out Instagram at the Tap and Go for previews of next episode, uh, which is a World Cup winner. There's a little sneak preview, and also there'll be highlights of this week's podcast. And also, we've got a YouTube channel where you can watch the whole Zoom call. Uh, so thank you all so much, and we will see you very soon.
0: Cheers, guys! Thanks, Liam. Sweet as no worse. Yeah. Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring